Hey, this is Jack from Brook Royal, and you are listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues! Welcome back to Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host, Jason Long. Chris. Yo. All right. So it's the first time we've been in a while. So uh, Chris had been busy with a couple of things. Well, we were at Pride Parade the one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, around 4th of July weekend. But um, so full disclosure, we had this like cool draft thing all figured out and stuff. So that Sunday, we're uh, hanging out uh, watching AW pay-per-view. Correct. Forbidden Door. Phrasing. Um, and uh, the computer won't work because we're going to record this episode then and then yep. do a draft thing all ahead of time and stuff. It wouldn't work. So after, luckily, we had our IT guy there uh, through much of uh, things, computer battery was not working. So we disassembled the computer, and now it's just, it's working, but without a battery. So yep. we got it working. Good news, we can record. Bad news is I can't leave this spot. <laughs> right. So, but... So we had a really fun thing planned, and then just sorry it kind of fell through. So we'll get something together soon and uh, get things together. But now we got a really long podcast now, extra long. Yeah, man, strap in because this one's going to be uh, this one's be a lot to cover. Yeah. So we got probably I know we'll get angry at the beginning. <laughs> we talk about uh, the trade that should have happened. Uh, I already know what we're going to name this episode. Go for it. Uh, hold on, let me. Let me pull up the exact right phrasing. Okay, we'll go through that. But we got a trade that happened, then it kind of happened. Well, half part of it happened, and we'll talk about that. We also have the draft for the Blues still kept, surprisingly, all three of their first-round picks. So we'll talk about those three first-rounders, prospect camps this weekend. Uh, free agency has started. The Blues haven't done much, but we'll, nope. kinda, we'll talk about some of the ex-Blues and stuff. The episode will be titled, F. Tory Krug. All my homies hate Tory Krug. <laughs> And that was a meme that I forgot. I think I found a rant. I think it was on Twitter, maybe. I forgot where I found that and sent it to you. But but it is accurate. It is accurate. So let's get into some stuff before we get into the Tory Krug talk. So uh, before we get into that, a couple minor signings. So Adam Gaudet signed a one-year two-way deal. We got him in the O'Reilly trade. Yep. So good depth. So we won't get into all that. So a Hockey Hall of Fame was announced. Yep. So that was good. So two former Blues one coach, one player got in. Um, our friend Mike Myers would be very excited because we talked about this one player during the podcast leading up to the draft. So Pierre Turgeon gets in. Yep. Um, mildly shocked Keith Kachuk didn't get in. I'm shocked that Kachuk didn't get in, and I kind of wonder what's keeping Curtis Joseph out. Yeah, we had to talk about that too. So, uh, like, another thing I get, I think Lundquist is definitely like a. Oh, worthy. first ballot. Absolutely. Is he first ballot, though? Honestly, like, did he win, he didn't win a cup? Has no. a lot of wins? Been with one team the whole time? He was really, really, really solid. He was. I don't know. Part of, I, here's uh, the Joseph, thing. Joseph wasn't, didn't win a cup either. So did I, Joseph ever go to a final? True. I don't think so. I, I think Lundquist went to two, two. Lost to the Kings. Yeah. And maybe did conference finals. Did he lose to I, the Chicago? No. No. Conference finals, I think, is yeah. as far as he went. But anyway, yeah, so I guess that's I guess that's it helped me get around on that one. But yeah, I was more just Curtis Joseph's because of uh uh proximity bias, I guess. No, I mean look, I you look at the early mid nineties, and I would say arguably Curtis Joseph was one of the top five goalies in the league. I mean, obviously you've got you know, you're battling with the likes of Patrick Waugh. And um, another former blue, Mark Tannenbrodeur, when you talk about 90s and beyond. But, I mean, Joseph was the backstop of a lot of blues teams that made the playoffs every year. Yep. And usually at least one around. Yeah, so um, technically there's two players. If you want to count this one. Uh, Tom Barrasso, technically played for the blues. Technically, uh, but not because it was, it was his, we were the last stop for him along yeah. the way. Um, he was more, I remember his Pittsburgh guy. 
Yeah, I always, he backs up both those cups. Back, I always, back cups. I always think Tom Barrasso. I think Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, and then Mike Vernon was the other goalie. Yeah. Um, so Vernon has three goalies. It was kind of interesting. Lundqvist, Vernon, and Barrasso. Uh, Vernon, I know, has at least one cup. Yeah. Maybe did he was he Calgary's backstop? I thought he was. So, and then he won won in Detroit for sure. Then yes. So, I kind of got him because he was part of that big Detroit kind of. Yeah. The you know juggernaut huge machine. Yeah, so I kind of understood that. Pierre Lacroix is on there, former uh, Colorado Avs yep. uh, GM. Uh, Caroline Alouette, um, sure. a Canadian uh, hockey player. So the other big one is that Blues fans are probably more recent Blues fans will probably know is Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. Definitely deserving. I would say so. He's up there and wins. He's in the top five. So, I mean, a guy that's been around the game technically still works for the Blues. He's number two all-time in franchise history with 248 wins. Let's be honest. The five times he went to the postseason, four of those he ran into the team that won the thing. thing. So it was just he just couldn't get by them. He won it with the Dallas Stars. Obviously, him and Armstrong had the connection from there. Uh, But, yeah, he's number number four overall. That's the top five. So it's number four overall and wins 849. What he did with that team in 16 was, was remarkable. Yeah, basically they were, you know, Davis Payne wasn't cutting it yep. and turned him into I, top team, basically. You look at how that team reacted to the, to the change at coaching there, <clears throat> and I think that is the start of what leads you to the 2019 team, despite the fact that, again, there was another coaching change in the middle of the season, things like that. But, you know, I think... Ken Hitchcock taught the core of this of that team how to fight through adversity and how to win. And I think that they drew heavily upon that and the turnaround that became the Stanley Cup winning team. Yeah, and the other thing too, um, like structure, he was really good on the whole structure thing. Yep. So that's what that's any team that had Ken Hitchcock kind of like latched on to. I mean, he did he remember he went to Edmonton for a short spell yep. after the after the blues uh and Got them structured up for defensive wise, but then they just he was only doing there, you know, temporarily in between coaches, pretty much. And a phenomenal manager for the Undertaker. <laughs> Correct. Uh so yeah, look at Paul Bear. So anyway. Um all right, so congrats to all those guys. Number uh so we have two quick free agent signings at different times here. Uh Scott Brunovich. Yep. One year, one way, seven hundred seventy five thousand, fine. Stay healthy, please. Yep. Please stay yep. out of fights. <laughs> yeah. Watch the board. Yeah. Maybe it's just been a lot of flukes. I don't know. Like, to me, it's been interesting I, that. I feel I like know. we're one injury away from him being Robbie Fabry. Yeah. It's it's been pretty interesting with him. Like, a lot of hype, obviously. And when he was in when the playoffs. he's healthy, he plays. Yeah. He played great on the power play. And I think, yep. like, I think he'd. Well, the guy we're talking about, I think he'd be an excellent replacement for Tory Krug. I think the defense I is probably too. pretty close to the same. I think he's better suited for this game. I think he's a little faster, yep. obviously younger. So if he stays healthy, that'd be great. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, a lot of one-way uh, defensive deals right now. Tyler Tucker signed a two-year deal, one yeah. year, one way. So that, to me, is – so you're looking at two guys here. So we have Tory Krug replacement and Scott Prunovich, yes. hopefully. If you're hoping. And the second one, and Tyler Tucker, is your Marco Scandella Absolutely. replacement. So you're looking at those two guys at cheaper rates. So both under a million dollars. That's going to be really good for really good for the Blues if you, those guys work out to be like. Where is this team at right now with the cap? I will do that later when we talk about all the uh, okay. stuff. We're, we're up there. We have about a little over $2 million left. Right. But yeah, Torpachinko the sign, and that's about it. Because even though O'Reilly and Tarasenko are off the books, this year kicks in the uh, Bobby Tommy and Cairo deals, deal, correct? So eight, the matching $8 million deal, so yeah. yes. And then you had a little bit more room, but you picked up a guy. But before we get into that, uh, fan favorite returns to the Blues. So he's in town this weekend running the prospect camp. Alexander Steen uh, is back as the European Player Development Consultant. And it showed almost immediately. Yes. So um, he comes back, says he missed the city, wanted to get back in the game, and he said, like, it was hard to flip the switch off for being a player. And I get that for almost any player kind of says that. Yep. And he just disconnected. That's what he did. He just said he hung out with his kids. 
he was you in, have he, to. he stayed in Sweden the whole time too. He didn't stay in town or anything yeah. like that. He was gone and he literally after the 2020 2019 2020 season, he pretty much shut it down and then he was injured the next year and been gone since this. he's been gone about three years. I think any time that you do something for so long, I think when you walk away, you have to completely disconnect for at least a year, at least, or or otherwise you you never really walk away. And you know, it, it, I'm sure part of the reason he wanted to walk away was you know spend time with his kids, things like that. And that's hard to do if you've got one foot out the door, but you're still kind of looking back over your shoulder at the game and paying attention to, you know, your teammates and things like that. Like you, you have to separate Mm -hmm. or otherwise you never really retire. Yeah. So he uh, decides to come back. So I think it's the beginning of him coming back. I think this is like the get your foot in the the door kind of thing to see if you like it, I guess too. Cause I mean, you say you want to get back in the game, but this could, who knows where it could go for him. Maybe he wants to do front office stuff. Maybe he wants to go into coaching. Look at Steve Ott. He pretty much right. retired and went right into coaching. Yeah. So maybe that's something that he's looking to do. Maybe he wants to stay in the front office. Who knows? Um, obviously, him and Armstrong are very close. So could go anywhere. But it's glad. good to see him back Yeah. with the Blues. So let's get into the controversial-led trade that did not happen. So, oh, boy. So... Leading up to about, let's give it like a handful of days before the draft, mm-hmm. it slowly leaked out that the Blues uh, were finalizing a trade to get Kevin Hayes from the Philadelphia Flyers. And, and well, me and you were like, okay, like, as long as you're not paying that much, the guy's making $7 million, so that's really going to put a damper on trying to, at the time, bring back Ryan O'Reilly. Correct. That's pretty much anybody out of the free agency, that's the only one we were kind of interested in because our, our center depth wasn't great. Uh, Pavel Bushnevitz okay at center, but I think he does it 10 times better at the wing. And I agree. I think you got to stick him there and get somebody who's a natural center. And you really don't have many of those left now due to uh, trades at the end the last season who you're bringing in. So Kevin Hayes is rumored to come here, but apparently there's a hole up in the deal. So apparently it's more than that. So the Blues are the rumored final trade was Kevin Hayes at 50% retained and Travis Sanheim, who I was... I was I, for that. I have been on that train for a while if they were going to get rid of him. I thought he's better in Provorov. I thought he was a perfect complement to, what well, if you're going to keep Colton Pareko around, I think he's a Jay Bomeister-esque type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, can pitch in offensively, but more defensive. Uh, just signed a new deal with Philly, so obviously I didn't think it was happening. And his deal kicked in on July 1st. Make it a little bit less, so you're committing another lot of dollars again. Right. Eight years, 6.25 per. So a lot for a 27-year-old guy. So what the Doug Armstrong likes those deals, apparently, as we can tell. So you get those two guys. So what are you giving up in the return? So one of the first-round picks, which which was going to be the 25th overall. Yep. So, okay, low sure. first-rounder, fine. You got one. That was the one from O'Reilly's deal from Toronto. Cool. Um, and then Tory Krug. And that was it. Deal. And so all of us were like, hot damn, like, cool. Like, you get rid of Tory Krug, who just hasn't worked out here. Like, we were, don't get wrong, I'll flat out say, like, I was fine with him You're getting wearing here. his shirt. I am, actually, because it's funny. Worn out, and I, I, I did wore this the day we were going to record, too, because I was trying to, like, push, push the, the trade through, and it didn't go through, obviously. So, at the end, it was going to like that was going to be a perfect deal for Blues. You kind of reset your defense a little bit. Yep. And hopefully, you maybe get rid of one other guy in there since you obviously you're assigning Tucker to one year and other stuff. If not, you have a lot of defensemen. And somebody's going to need eventually, or if you have injuries, somebody goes to the minors and it'll probably yep. be somebody like Scandella, honestly, because you're not going to lose Perunovic. You're not going to lose no. Tucker. So we're wavering. The funny part about the deal is well, let's talk about this. You didn't know who the second defenseman was the, for the Blues, the Blues side of who they're shipping from defense. So throughout the day, it was like we got tweets from like Jeremy Rutherford and other people. Uh, Falk and Perico haven't asked to no, waive the no trade. So we're like, okay, mark those two off the list. So you got Scandella, Le, you got Scandella, Letty, and uh, Krug left. Then Nick Letty hasn't done it. Okay. It's Scandella or Krug. Okay, we're cool with that. Yeah. And then. It came out as Tory Krug. So after two to three days of waiting to see what happens and 
he did not. So Tory Krug invoked his no trade clause, which a lot of people online were so pissed at Doug Armstrong about this, about like you gave it to him, you suck, whatever. You know what you? But you in today's NHL, if you want anyone of value, a no trade clause is coming. It's just part of the current sports field. You know, any player worth his weight wants it because they don't want to be shipped to Siberia to play. Or they want to be Philly. able to, right. They want to be able to control or at least have a hand in where they're going to play. So you can't blame Doug Armstrong because to be honest, if you don't give him that no trade clause, you probably don't get him to sign three years ago. Yeah. And let's be honest, three years ago when you saw like Tory Krug on the market, Tory Krug was never the Petro replacement. Petro replacement uh, is Colton Pareko. That's, if anybody gets that through their head. Well, I, I would say as far as a signing, it was. It the money-wise, the replacement for, I'll say that right. much. But I would say that Falk was the replacement for Petro. What Tory Krug was, is Tory Krug was the second best UFA defenseman on the market that year. Yeah. And when July 1st hit and Petro wasn't signing a deal, Armstrong had to do good business. And he went and got the second best guy available, which was Tory Krug. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could bitch about Petro, but it became obvious <clears throat> Petro wasn't coming. Yep. You know, he wasn't going to sign the deal. <laughs> and that seems to have been a big bone of contention over this past week with all the Krug stuff about, well, if you would have just given Petro the, the no trade, he would have, he would have signed. I, I don't know if that's true. There's been numerous reports by, I think Rutherford was one of them, that said halfway through that season, Petro had made the comment that he felt like he was ready for a, ch- a new challenge somewhere else. Yep. That and the fact that even though the Blues offer on paper was more money, the fact that Nevada doesn't have state sales tax, he makes more money in Las Vegas. Yeah, over the life of the deal, he was making nearly $8 million, basically one year salary, right. eight, $8 million more in his pocket. Yep. Than it would be in, in Missouri. Correct. Which that's just that's dollars that, and cents. That's dollars and cents. And then no movement clause. I've 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 harped on this in the past, and we don't need to revisit it a ton. But if you're that good of a player, yeah. To me, having a, a no movement clause for all eight years, you wouldn't need it. The no trade clause is based. No move would basically also get you from being bought out. Yeah. So. And he get to give a no move. I can't remember if it was two or three years at the end of the eight-year deal or seven-year deal. So, like, halfway through, it went from a no trade, full no trade, to a full no move. Yeah. So, it was just, like, the, the years you get bought out is the years when you're older and you're falling apart. Right. Like, that's just how it is. But anyway, <laughs> Tory Krug. Evokes a no trade, kills the deal. Um, so, the Blues still do make a deal. They still get Kevin Hayes. at for 50, nothing. 50% retained for a six-round 2024 pick. I don't care what anybody says. And I know some people are bitching about, we'll, we'll, we'll spoil it because people already know. Like, I'll take four years of 4.5 of Ryan O'Reilly than three years at three point something for Kevin Hayes. Okay. But Kevin Hayes is a little bit younger, a different player, and obviously the Blues are looking to go a different direction. Right. It just happens. It sucks. O'Reilly will always be that guy that people hold on to now. Of course. Because of what he did. And that's fine. Like, I get it. Yep. I am too. I guess, trust me, Chris is a little different than me when it comes to jerseys. Chris likes his names on jerseys a lot. <clears throat> I don't. I'm su- super, super, super superstitious. I just hate doing it because I think I'm going to jinx it. Yeah. So I always said for all these years, if I, whoever, when we lose win the cup, whoever's the con Smythe, I don't care if it's somebody who has a shit career after that, I would get that person just because that's special. What if it was Barbashev? Then I would have gotten it. Mm-hmm. I would have matched, matched somebody else that we know. That's but. True. But, so I got an O'Reilly jersey. Mind you, I got an O'Reilly jersey that year when he was with the Blues. He had an A on his jersey. So I, so I currently have an A on my jersey upstairs that I have to get that fixed. I've got a, hey, man, I've got a Sidney Crosby with an A on it from yeah. his rookie year. So, it's fine. So, Kevin Hayes comes over. Uh, originally drafted by the Blackhawks, 24th overall in the first round. Uh, last year, had 54 points uh, in 81 regular season games, and he was, and he was Philadelphia's a uh, lone representative of the all-star game. The guy obviously can play. He's 6'5", 216, and we get him for half the cost. I mean, you're getting basically a second-line center for $3 million. Look at some of the deals that have happened in the thing recently. You got Ivan Barbashev, who had a very good playoff, but he had five years at 5 mil. He, that's a lot of money. 
and you're getting three years at three, basically three and a half, three point two something. So, not bad. I no, I agree for nothing. Yeah, you're literally getting for a it. six rounder. Yeah, for a six rounder, which the percentage of that NHLer is very low. Correct. So you're basically getting a useful guy for three years. And let's be honest, they're in a retool. Slash, yep. if you want to call it a rebuild, whatever, it might turn into that. Who knows? It might. But <clears throat> it's definitely a retool because they definitely, you know, I thought I would have bet money that the Blues would have moved one of the first rounders. And they didn't. Yeah, I was really kind of surprised that they used all three of their first round picks. Now, again, they tried not to. So you saw where they tried to deal one of them. And I think if you deal one of those first picks and you get a Sanheim back, no one's going to bitch about that. No. So I think when that fell apart, there wasn't enough time to try to put something else together. So you use all three of those first rounders. Yeah. It's not to say that you don't move one of those pieces down the line. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think that Armstrong clearly did not get to execute what his plan was. Yeah. So it's real interesting what happened. So Kevin Hayes, let's do a quick, quick grade. Kevin Hayes trade grade? I'd say B right now. At least a B, depending on how he does. So based on just what's on paper and what he's done in the past, you got to give it at least a B to a B plus. Yep. Because you're basically getting a useful guy for nothing. And Agreed. let's be honest, Doug Armstrong's done that halfway decent. The Did last it twice year. last year. He got Verona and Kapitan for, I think Cap, I think Verona was seven, a seventh overall. So you're literally yep. a sixth and a seventh, and you've gotten three guys that are, you can probably pencil in for between, 10 to 20 goals Yep, for each one. Yep. 20 at the highest, maybe 10 at the lowest for each one. I think it's not bad. No, I think that's that's value. And two of them are and two of them are one's 26 and one's 27. So, I mean, you're talking about guys in that age range you want to be and in, And look, too. we just mentioned that the Blues are, you know, against the cap. So, you have to find ways to find value. And I think all three of these guys, you know, may not be, you know, setting the hockey world on fire, but they seem to be, like you just said, dependable 10 to 20 goal scorers. Hey, that's 30 to 60 goals right there. Yeah. That's great. We need it. Yeah. Because you're now having to make up for a full season now. There's going to be no Vladimir Tarasenko, who was typically a 20-plus goal scorer. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly you know, was probably in the 10 to 20 range. Right. So you've got, to, you've got those goals you need to make up. You obviously still need to figure out what you're doing or, you know, to figure out or to fill in the rest of these forward groups. You have to think there's going to be changes coming in the defense. I can't imagine that this team heads into camp with all these same defensemen. Yeah, you got almost nine guys on one-way deals right now. Let me ask you this. Doug Armstrong has to trade Tory Group now, right? Like, it's going to be awkward. I mean, you got to think, like, he is probably trying to figure out a place for him to go. I looked around because all these signings, I've been looking kind of see who's available and stuff and who's made moves. Honestly, I mean, don't be wrong, the Islanders committed a lot of money to a lot of people recently. Sure did. But guess what? None of them were defensemen that they needed. They need yeah. a puck. They literally said at the beginning they need a puck moving defenseman. Tory Crew can do that. I mean, who knows if Boston wants him back and they can get rid of a guy? I don't know. Do you send Nick Letty back to the Islanders? Or Chicago. They, can, they got room too. I, look, I, I'm a Nick Letty guy. I, I liked him when he was on the Islanders and then Detroit, and, the, and I think he can fit in here, and I think he showed flashes last year yeah. of what he can do for this team. Uh, you know, I would personally rather hold on to him than Krug. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a less expensive option. Yep. Um, but, you know, I just feel like it, at some point we're heading down the Vladimir Tarasenko path of – there's going to be a fracture between the player and the front yeah, office. Yeah. Trade me right effing now. Yeah. Hang on the phone. Yeah. So if I'm Armstrong, I, I, again, this is me, Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback in the situation after he killed the Philadelphia deal. I go to him and go, fine. Give me 10 teams that you'll go to. Oh, yeah. Give me your list of and teams. Who knows that, if that's already happened, yeah. honestly. Yeah. You know, give me your list of teams that you would play for. Yeah. And then I try to broker the best deal I can there. Now, I'm sure if, if you are, let's say Jason Martin is the GM for, we'll say the New York Rangers. Yep. And I, Doug Armstrong, call and go, hey, man, uh, you have any interest in Tory Krug? You, being a smart GM, 
probably realize that I have to move this guy now because yeah. of what happened and that this has probably already been cleared. So you're clearly in the position of power. So I don't know if you're going to get what you would have in the Philly deal back for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, I think even if you get a prospect and a second, I don't know if Tory Krug's nah, worth the first. I don't think it's even that. Maybe a third. I don't even know. But I mean, I would say, I would say he's worth at least a third, maybe a second. I mm. mean, he's still Tory Krug. I, I think if they, I think if they retain money, you can get a draft pick for him. Maybe if you're get, if you're basically giving him away. Because I look at it this way, Kevin Hayes is still was a really we're just talking. Kevin Hayes is still a really useful player, correct? Yeah. And we think Tory Krug is still a useful player. Yeah. But no longer one on our team like Kevin Hayes is. I look at it the same situation. I think that the teams are in different positions. Philly is clearly selling the farm. Yeah. Like, it's a fire sale in Philly. And I think that might be the holdup. I think the Armstrong's wanting to get something out of the deal. But I bet you, I bet you the Islanders, somebody would take and be like, hey, retain. I think Armstrong would retain for a year. And the next year with a cap going up potentially five to six million dollars. Yeah. You can be like, I'll retain this year to help you out. And the next after the last three years of the deal, it's all on you. It's all on you. And that might what might be happening. I think honestly, if for some reason they don't move anybody this year, I think next offseason you could definitely move a lot of guys. I think you can move Letty. If you want to move any one of the four defensemen, Letty, Krug, Falk, Pareko, I think next year with the cap going up, I think a lot of teams would be willing to take on that contract sure. now because it's six million dollars and that's about what's going up. Okay, I'll take on a useful guy that I can plug in as my number four defenseman type of thing. Right. So we'll see. I think they can get something for him. But does Doug Armstrong ever do the uh, thing that he's never done in his life? No, never bought anybody out. Just buy him out and be done. I guess. Uh, I guess the ownership group is not a, a fan of just throwing money down the drain. At least have the guy on our team doing something. I guess. I guess you insure the contract if he gets hurt. Then at least you're not losing that money. Maybe I don't know. Like, I just feel like on top of the fact that he's been made of glass the years that he's here. Fortunately, it's like you said, the, the hit, <laughs> it's going it, to get real awkward in that locker room. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And, and people, and, you know, and hopefully reporters do their job and ask the last that question, because when they asked Armstrong that question at the draft and they said, what about the Tory crew not waiting is no trade? And he's like, I don't respond to rumors. And then he, they said something else about the trade. And he's like, I don't respond to rumors. So he so people well, tried and he. Shot him down quickly, but we know. I think that's this is going to be like Tarasenko last year when he kept getting asked about the trade, and then he's like, "I'm here to talk about the past." What? Well, it ain't the past, my my friend. Like, yeah, true. You know, well. it's still here. So I, I just, I'm, I don't want this team to have yet again a situation where you have a player that you know it's not an if but a when he's leaving. Like, just get it done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So. That trade, unfortunately, didn't happen. So we move on to the draft. So the Blues, we did already kind of said, the Blues kept their three picks. Yep. And Chris kind of alluded to it that uh, Alexander Steen is going to have his uh, scouting work cut out for him because the Blues went all European phrasing, I guess, maybe, on that one. Sure, I'll allow it. We'll allow it. We'll let it go. European with our first-round picks. So the first round unfolded. Me and Chris were obviously here watching it with our friend Justin. And um, Chris was hoping, you know, hoping at least we heard that the Blues are high on the Russian kid. Yeah, man. There was an interview with Armstrong that morning or earlier that afternoon, and he seemed to be all about uh, Mitchkoff. And I was like, boy, if he would fall at 10. And I'm like, there's no way he will. But, you know, the initial scouting report was the only reason he was ranked as low as he was it's because he's got a three-year deal in the KHL. And obviously with the what's going on in the world, on top of that, it doesn't really, yep. you know. But a lot of teams said they're not going to, they weren't scared to take anybody from Russia. So I, which obviously, um, Arizona decided to blow things up, obviously with theirs. Um, well, I, I want to know off. the sheet that they look at. Yeah, they, the two guys I they, they the, the I two think, guys they took like in most drafts that I saw. Some guys had the one guy or the Daniel Boot but Boot uh, ranked hot, like in the tens, ten to fifteen. But most drafts I saw had those guys going late first. I feel like Raffi is their draft consultant. Uh, this guy, I like kickers. 
but it was interesting. So we're watching the first round unfold. Um, one player I really had the blues to do was Ryan Leonard, but he went to Washington. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, that stinks. Um, Oliver Moore was still there, and he's a guy that I was all about. And he fell quite a bit, actually, to 18. But So first one is, and not a bad thing, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky. So uh, plays for the Slovakian uh, U18 World Championships. was like the big one he had, 13 points in seven games. Um, so 6'1", 201-pound yep. uh, center. So sounds like a good complement to what Robert Thomas would be. So, Agreed. Yeah, so 18-year-old. Here's what the uh, NHL.com uh, draft experts said about him. Dvorsky has the size and skill to play in the middle, but also could find a home on the wing. Wherever he ends up, the Blues will be happy to have him. Dvorsky is a high IQ player, which that's the Blues marquee when they draft players. High IQ player with really good shot that doesn't need much room to get it off. Crazy. Thank you. Uh, so that's uh, they say he's a good skater, good with the puck. Um, he's shown it in a couple highlights I've seen from the Blues prospect camp this weekend. So, in layman's um, terms, this guy is hella fast. He can stick handle hella good and has a good shot. And has a good shot. Yeah. So he the, can shoot it on net. Yes. Hi. Uh, that's definitely a good thing. So he was the ranked number three among European skaters. So after uh, I believe it was after Carlson, uh, Michkov, and yep. and him. So not bad company. So. Yep. He was expected to go from the 5 to 8 range, and he fell to 10. So the Blues jumped on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he fell because Arizona drafts by just reaching into a bag and grabbing an A. I was going to think Detroit to be that one because they, they did obviously worked out with them in Cider a couple years ago. Yeah. But um, I was expecting them to be that guy that draft kind of somebody weird. So Nope. No. So number 10 goes, and we'll say this about the draft, not one trade. No, it not was a one. It literally was like the quick. most. It was a quick one, but also like you think it was going to be boring. But obviously, with us having three first rounders, we were kind of invested that way. Yep. So I think if we weren't invested with three first rounders and seeing what the Blues might do, I don't. I think it would have been pretty boring for us overall. I agree. But the Blues, uh, hold on, all three. So the next one, they another center. So we talked about this from Sweden. So uh, Otto Stenberg, he was the captain of Team Sweden at the. U18 Worlds. Uh, let's see. His game, funny. His game resembles former Blue, who recently rejoined the organization, Alexander Steen. You don't say. So, leadership qualities, a tremendous two way game, offensively gifted with quick hands and accurate shot. Stenberg is a complete player with strong work ethic. And there we go. And an ability to come up in big clutch situations. He's also versatile enough to be on the wing or center. So, a lot of like they're stocking up with guys that might be, depending on how they develop, could be both. Yep. Could be one. Who knows? Um, he was ranked number six among European skaters. Um, I did see later on, before we get to the last draft pick, that um, a couple of people were saying they think the North American skaters were very overvalued this draft. Yeah. And a lot of the European skaters were drafted like undervalued. So, um, like they say in Smishmashov, or whatever his name is, and Boot were like, probably should have been ranked higher, but a lot of these guys didn't rank them because they're overvaluing guys like Oliver Moore and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Moore... Don't get me wrong. Chicago loading up at center with Bedard and Moore, two fast guys. It's, I'll tell you right now, the Blues had a chance. Uh, Dvorsky worked out great. The other guy that was available was Nate Danielson, who Bedard flat out said, like, that's the guy I hated playing against. Yep. So I was like, Get take him. that guy, because that's because you want to have that guy up and going against him for years to come. But Dvorsky isn't a bad one to do. So we'll take that. So Stenberg joins the team. And then last but not least, they go with Theo Lindstein, which uh, I was not expecting this one because there's some other guys available at the time. So um, scouts praise Lindstein's fundamental play, aggressiveness, and decision-making from the blue line. He had a goal and four assists for Team Sweden at the World Championships along Otto Stenberg. The two-way defenseman compares his game, him comparing his game, not somebody else, to Mira Heiskanen. All right, cool. He was ranked number 14 among European skaters. So... Um, Obviously, Stenberg and Lindstein played with each other and played, you know. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but they also knew Dvorsky from playing in, like, tournaments growing up. Yep. So all three of them know each other. So you draft three guys that know each other, two guys that play on the same team. All these guys are going to go back overseas. Agreed. And they're going to probably spend at least a year, maybe two there. 
I would guess two. Mm-hmm. They're all eighteen. So I think and all above six foot. Yeah, stuff. So overall, not bad. We can go through. Let's see. In the third round, they took uh, Quentin Burns, and the six foot one hundred eighty pound defenseman for OHL Frontenacs, and then Yurek. Here we go. Ready? Hit me. Yureg Peckersick. That guy. Yes. Another Solvok. Um, he played alongside Dalbor Dvorsky. So apparently he's had a pretty good uh, prospect camp too. So those are the top five picks for the Blues. So they got five picks out of the first 76 picks. So loaded up. Yeah, I would expect more defensemen due to our defense not being great, like prospect-wise. Right. But you have so many good front-end guys now. If you need somebody, that, if you want to trade, remember what happened? The Blues loaded up a defense years ago, and they had Petro, and they drafted the David Rumblad kid, and they draft, yep. you know, they had all these guys, and then they traded Rumblad to get Vladimir Tarasenko. So that could easily happen in next year's draft. Of course. Who knows? So draft, not bad. Um, the Blues got pretty good grades overall from what I saw. Yep. Mostly Bs and B pluses, so or considered winners. Right, depending on what list you looked at. So overall, not bad. So uh, we'll take it and move forward, I guess. Yeah, the draft is weird. It, it's not like the NFL draft or even the NBA draft where you don't see you don't see guys. the guys immediately. Like you know the until these guys make their NHL debut, it's all you're, you're betting on futures. So it, it seems like it could be good. Hopefully, we'll see the fruits of this draft in the next two to four years and then we we really get to rewind the tape and and make the grade yeah so um yeah so in five years from now i'm sure if we're still doing this we can look back and be like man doug armstrong hella dumb or we say doug armstrong that dude's a smart dude yep do the do the you the you the real mvp <laughs> correct so free agency opened obviously the blues are not gonna do anything i love before we get into it, I'll just make yep. the comment. I, we know, we know, and you know who we're talking about. But there's just somebody, people out there who make the memes and they go off on Doug Armstrong sleeping during the free agency yeah. or oh, rate limit exceeded. Yeah, or whatever he's saying. Like, it's the dumbest thing in the world because this free agency class was crap. And it was said that by numerous GMs leading up to this thing and said, if you're going to overpay during this free agency, you're stupid because yep. next year's is a lot better. And guess what? The Blues didn't have much room anyway. So it worked out, and they had it pretty much set. You weren't getting the only one, if we knew we talked about, if you could get Ryan O'Reilly there, it would have firmed up your top three centers. And we were like, if he wants to come back, great. For the right price. Correct. He got And he went to, unfortunately, went to a Central Division rival, Nashville Predators, who decided to buy out everybody and get rid of people. So Nashville's reloading as well. You have numerous teams that are going to be reloading, too. So for the Blues, like, if they do this retool right, they can be right back up top, like, pretty quick. The Central's going to be weird. Colorado's making moves. Dallas is making moves. Nashville's making moves. Chicago's terrible, but they're making moves. Like, yeah. they're 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 going to be guys. better. They're, they're getting some veterans in there to help out. Yeah, and stuff. Taylor know, Hall's there and stuff like that. Winnipeg is a fire sale. Minnesota hasn't done much. They made a trade. But also, they have the huge cap hits the next couple of years. So right. They They've really still can't. got, what, $15 million in dead money? Yeah. On the, uh, yeah. So, you know, Arizona is Arizona. I would say right now, I'd put St. Louis fourth. If everything goes right, four, I think is behind doable. Behind Dallas, Colorado, and Nashville, maybe Minnesota? Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, I would say. If I had to guess, right now, yeah. I'd say if Minnesota, they still have – Still have good players up there, yeah. so I say they're still set. So, I mean, um, I think the St. Louis will be the best of the bad teams, depending on in Winnipeg. Depending on what they do, the rest of the thing they bought up Blake Wheeler. If they get rid of Shifley, um, Hellebuck, if they get rid of those guys, he, I, I just don't see him this next year. Yeah, I can see them four or five, depending on how Winnipeg does. Um, so they really couldn't do much. So like, I didn't expect them to do much this off this free agency. So I wasn't like I expected one fan favorite to come back, which I guess could still happen. Um, I thought that they would kick the tires on O'Reilly. Um, and for all I know, they might have. We don't know. They like, may have. Maybe they came in there. Um, and... I expected Oscar Sundquist to be signed by now. Still not signed by anybody. As of seven fifteen on, on July thirty, he's still unsigned. 
Um, but the Blues did make one signing, did bring back a former Blue. Yay. Uh, Mackenzie McEachern signs a two-year one-way deal. They also signed Wyatt uh, Klunuk and uh, Malcolm Subban to two-way deal. So Malcolm Subban is going to be the guy to back up. Uh, or the backup the, of the backup. Yeah, he's going to be uh, he's gonna be in the AHL pretty much the whole time. So it, Malcolm Subban, very famous for his first start in St. Louis and getting shelled. Getting smoked in front of his parents. Yeah, so it was a... Uh, not a great showing there. So he's fine. He was in Buffalo's system last year, hurt a little bit. Um, Joshua Jacobs also signed. So basically depth pieces at this point. Um, so really not much there. So we can – I'll just do quickly through the free agency stuff here. Um, here, let's go down to here, trades. So obviously we talked about the Taylor Hall deal. Uh, the big other big trade, Pierre-Luc Dubois, goes to the Kings for a bunch of guys. Uh, a couple of our guys to Foley goes to the New Jersey Devils. Devils loading up. Uh, Chris's favorite player, new favorite player, Matt Pat Maroon is back in the uh, Central now. Great. Um, with the Minnesota Wild, uh, Riley Smith who wins a cup and then gets shipped to Pittsburgh. Josh Bailey gets bought out by uh, Chicago after getting traded there. Same with Kyler Yamamoto in Detroit. Corey Perry goes to the Blackhawks and signs for a lot of money for some reason. Old friend Joel Edmondson goes to Washington. Uh, Anthony Duclair goes to the Sharks for literally nothing. And let's see, free agency. So, Al Reckman Larson, bought out by Vancouver, goes to Florida. Uh, former Blue, I'll just do former Blues the rest of the way up here. Former Blue Ryan Reeves goes to Toronto for three years. Correct. Interesting, considering he's, he's I mean, not young by any means anymore. On a three-year deal, 4.5, so about mil per. Not bad for him. We talked about Ryan O'Reilly. Goes to the Nashville Predators, four years, $18 million deal. That's 4.5 per year. So good for him to cash in and, you know, one final deal because sometimes guys don't get that. So he's one of the few that got pretty decent multi-year, over $4 million deal. There wasn't too many of those guys around. No. A lot of one- and two-year deals due to the cap. A lot of sub-million dollar contracts, a lot of one- two-year deals. So another former blue, uh, Eric Johnson's some, I don't get this one. Somehow got $3 million from Buffalo. They must have won a right-handed defenseman that bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. The ducks overpay for Radko Gudas for three years, $12 million, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> last, former blue Tyler Pitlick goes to the Rangers for one year. Let's see. What else do we have here? I'm on just my little list here. Ian Cole goes to the Vancouver Canucks, $3 million deal. Don't get that one either, but who knows? What do I know? Was a dude talking in the basement. So mm. let's see. Kevin Shatkirk. I think that's cool because he went to Boston University, so he signs with the Bruins for a cheap deal. Correct. Going into uh, you know being a good situation up there. Nico Mikola, after finishing up with the Rangers this year, goes to down to the Panthers on a three-year, seven point five million dollar deal. Good for Mikola. Good bottom pairing guy. Like I said, Tyler Tucker can do this job now, so he'll grow into it. Just as well. So I'm perfectly fine with that. Agreed. Um, a lot of money getting thrown around. So a lot of like interesting guys like Jason Zucker got uh, $5.3 million for one year. And I thought that was interesting. Same. Jonathan Quick goes to the Rangers. I thought it was uh, the, the backup there. I think that's a good good move for him. Um, you know, a lot of guys didn't really load up. Like the other big one, which I don't understand, was it's basically the Ducks overpaid for guys. To get some leadership, they got Alex Killorn and Gudas. Well, in today's development out of Anaheim, mm-hmm. Gibson said, I'm out. Yeah. I will never play another game for the Ducks. Oh, really? So, yeah, he's he wants out. So, I got to think Hullabuck's going to be a Duck. And Gibson's going to be a Jet? Maybe. That'd be good for me. A good move for both. Yeah. It depends if Hullabuck wants to be down in Anaheim for at least, their, I guess you can call it a rebuild still. Uh, I'd call it that for sure. Depending on what he wants to do. Uh, let's see. I think it's for JT Confer, which Chris hates for some reason. I don't. Um, I hate him because I, I hate the announcer. Got a lot of money. Well, here's here's a look into the weird brand that is me. I despise the radio and TV play-by-play guy for the Colorado Avalanche. And I hate the way he screams TJ Confer's name. Therefore, I hate TJ Confer. Okay. Uh, so, uh, let's see, last but not least. Or JT Conference. JT Conference, no, you're fine. Uh, John Klingberg signs with the uh, Toronto, not Farmer Blue, but I just want to point that out. So, let's see. Jack Johnson's still in the league. 
Max Domi, I think, was interesting. Max Domi signs with the Leafs, along with Tyler Bertuzzi. So, weirdly, as a former blue, we haven't brought up Chris. Okay. I wonder who that is. Oh. Even even Nolan Stevens, former blue, signed a deal with the Red Wings on a two-year, uh, yeah. one-year deal. What former blue could we possibly be talking about that mm. doesn't have a contract? Unfortunately, it's not a video podcast, so we can't have people see looking in behind me. Um Vladimir Tarasenko still apparently mulling over up to six different deals, according to Andy Strickland, as of a couple minutes ago. Um, Ottawa Senators is one of those. It sure seems like the Senators are in. you got to think two of the – both New York teams are probably in on that, more than likely, depending on the offers. Uh, I heard this afternoon that the Rangers are not in on it. I wouldn't be surprised. They have a couple guys to sign, apparently uh, Lafreniere and Keandre Miller, who who I've, like, said they, for some reason – can't afford him. The Blues to just like do whatever they can to drop whoever on defense and give them Keandre Miller because I think he is another very good complimentary left-handed piece that would be an upgrade of what we have. Yeah. So, but once again, what do I know? So, Tarasenko's probably your last big fish out there. Mac Dumda. Dumba I, I would there. say that he's for sure the last big fish. Um, Oscar Sunquist we talked about, which I, I saw a couple of tweets earlier that apparently. The Blues have reached out to him. It sounds like they just offered a one-year deal, and he's looking for a multi-year deal. So maybe he's holding out to hopefully get a multi-year deal out of the Blues. I just want him to sign him. Yeah. The dude, anybody who is he's not, a, he's anybody, a hustle. Who, anybody who is not from the, not from St. Louis, and then they're all about St. Louis, I just really like. And yeah. it's, it's one of those things where, and he's still a useful guy. That's the thing is, like, sure. you could easily put, plug him in on the fourth line center, which you need right now. Imagine having, I don't know who you put on the right wing right now, but let's say Casper Kapanen maybe. Sure. Um, which is weird, but let's say Kapanen, Sunquist, and Torpachinko. That's not a bad fourth line. No, not at all. I think it will be really good. To, I mean, you need somebody to do some penalty killing. Yep. Hopefully they can get it to work for Sonny and he gets Yeah, it. I because, would like to see Sonny come back. Because just because, like, he's been he's been in a lot of the St. Uh, STL City games. Like, people are tailgating for the big a couple of things like two or three weeks ago, there was a big one and he's out there just drinking beer, hanging out with everybody wearing the scarf and a Jersey and stuff. People are taking pictures and he's having a good old time. Yep. And he, he takes pictures inside the, um, and he's always taking pictures. Like thanks four hands for all the beer. And he has like a couple cases of beer in front of him and stuff. Like dude loves the city, man. And like, obviously the dude lives here at least part time. Yep. Yeah. I, and it's one of those things. I, where I hope like, it happens. And I, my gut says it will. I, I just, one of those things where I'm just like, man, like, you see guys like that and to fall in love with the city, you know, like you really want them to stay. Um, like Tarasenko, like was like that early on. Obviously, things happened, whatever happened, um, and things soured. But like some guy like that, you see that, and somebody latches onto the city. It's a dude who likes from Sweden, man. So it's like one of those things where a guy right. from across the halfway across the world comes here and like falls in love with our little city. You would just, I want to, I want to be around. You know, yeah, now, you know, and he's a fan favorite too. And, and, and we've talked about this many times, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. We love our fourth line guys, we love our blue well, collar players. And that's the thing is, uh, you know, even if the guy wants a multiple year deal, I don't think he's going to cost you that much. I bet you could get him for under a million bucks a year or at a million. Shit, if you can get him for two years, two million dollars, deal, deal. Like, I know you got to sign a store for Chinko and stuff. Maybe they're just waiting for the but whole. But again, you're going to get Torpachenko for under uh, in this market. Yeah. Torpachenko's not getting a million dollars. Yeah, we'll probably maybe, maybe you're trying to get him for a multi-year deal. Maybe yeah, like two years or something like that. Maybe that's the holdup. I don't know. I have this feeling that you have so many guys on one-way one-way deals on defense right now. You can't keep them all. No. So something's going to happen. One way or another. I agree. I would not be surprised if they ship somebody out and maybe retain money this year just to get them off the books. Sure. Um, obviously, the North trade clauses obviously come to a play here. Maybe that's part of it. But also, which I don't know the legality of this, but but from what I can read, like you can just put a guy on waivers Yep. and say, like, well, thanks for your service, but you can go play in Springfield or whoever picks you up. And nobody picks you up, then I guess you're going to Springfield and we get at least some cap relief. Right. You know, but I don't know. Like, I think Sunquist might be your only signing if they do anything. I have this weird sneaky feeling that we're just going to see some weird trade happen. Oh, I, I think you're going to see at least one trade, if not 
a couple. Yeah, I, I think, think they're going to try to move out Krug. Obviously, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to move out Scandella. Um, I and part of me is like Sanheim has not moved at all. I'm telling you, if that I, th- I think that still might be a thing that they're just trying to figure out. I think they're waiting for free agency. They're like we're day three of free agency. Yeah. I think you're talking by, let's see, today is Monday. I almost said Monday. It feels like a Sunday to me. I don't think anything happens tomorrow. I think pretty much, July, at least the, the, at only, least the American teams, I'm pretty sure yeah. the offices are closed. The big, only big thing that's ever happened on July 4th that I remember, remember uh, Parise and Suter signed those two deals yeah. years and years ago. And that was a big deal on July 4th. I remember sitting and getting ready to watch fireworks with our friend Mike and then that, that getting that happening. Right. But, um, yeah, so I, I like you said, I think after the 4th, I think Wednesday – I say by the end of the week, there's something's going to happen with the Blues. I don't know what's going to be. I have no inside information. It's just a gut feeling. I'm not going to claim that I know what's going on or anything like right. crap like that. It's just you mean you're not hearing rumors that, that some movement might be going on right now. It it is what it is. That's why if I if, even if I randomly did know something, I would never say it because I'm like I don't want to be that guy. I I'm not no, I'm not strict. I'm not I'm not Andy Strickland. I'm not any of those guys where I know NHL players. I'm not you know I don't claim to or whatever. Well, we, just do me a favor if you ever do do that, and I'll tell you, up, and then you can tweet. it. If it blows up in your face, don't be the guy who blocks people because you were wrong. It's fine, man. Like do you do you? But once again, you take the risk if you say something. like Yep. That. You want you want to act like an insider when it blows up. Don't block people because you're a wuss. Like take it. Well, the thing is, and things happen. Like, obviously, maybe maybe at the time, he was considering it. Maybe it was like, oh, hey, Islanders are interested. So, yeah, I'll wave. And then Islanders say, well, no, we're going to, we're going to, we got other business to attend to. Sorry. Yeah. It falls apart. You can't help that. So, it is what it is. Man, fine. Whatever. Back to the blues. So, not much happened. A lot of, a lot of young players drafted. Uh, Prospect camp's going on one more day tomorrow, July 4th. Uh, early in the morning, it looks like, for the last prospect thing. Check the Blues Twitter, Facebook website out for some videos of the prospect camp and stuff. The They're streaming the last game tomorrow. Cool. So if you want to watch the game on YouTube tomorrow, go and do that um, or watch the replay of it. Um, sounds like Dvorsky is pretty much a good, been really good so far. Depending on who you read online, Zachary Bolduc is okay slash terrible draft pick. Um, Snuggerud apparently has been okay. But whatever, like I'm just one of those things where I'm like, it's guys coming in for three days of camp, just right. hanging out, doing whatever. Right. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah, the guys who just got drafted, I want to make sure that I look good too. For sure. Yeah, I'm not going to be like just, oh, you know, I'm just going to come here and just do my thing. I'm sure the other guys wanted to be good, look good too, but they're fine. Yeah. And especially since I saw what Snuggeroo did last year after we drafted, I'm like, oh, this guy has a good shot, and we'll see what happens. And then he tore it up and you know, everything he did last year. Agreed. So I'm fine with that. So uh, let's see. What's, we're going to wrap it up there. I think we're going to wrap it up there because I don't see anything else on the horizon. We're not going to go through every single free agent signing. I, I keep checking to see if there's been any changes I've been recording. And, and as of now, there is not. So as Chris checks that one more time, I'll wrap it up here. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at? At Hossapalooza. And also, you find us on Facebook and Instagram. Look up Blues Hockey Podcast. Oh, so if you're one of those people who are actually looking at our website and you notice, hey, it's down, you are 100% correct. Um, we're working on that. Uh, we're probably going to work on migrating it over to a different uh, website, and that's on my to-do list for the upcoming season. So um, unfortunately, if you want to listen to it, you can look into it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher. Everything we've ever done is on those podcasting apps and any of your favorite podcasting apps. So Please find us on one of those. The um, Nashville Predators have signed an old-timey uh, Wild West villain, why Jasper that? Weatherby. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's about it. So, yeah, we're at the tail end of, like, nothing's really going to happen here except for really a couple of guys. Will Butcher, any relation? Not to my knowledge. I remember he was uh, kind of a – he was playing at New Jersey back in the day. He's now a penguin. Oh, okay, good for him. But uh, also, we'll, like uh, – before we get into anything else, we'll thank our sponsors. So first off, we'll do uh, Alter State Comics. Alter State Comics is located at 671 Big Bend Road at Manchester, Missouri. Uh, go in, they're open uh, Tuesday through Sunday. 
Go check them out if for any comic book needs, any kind of Funko Pops. They have a massive wall of Funko Pops. I appreciate them always pulling my comics and having them in the bag for me. Correct. Um, you check them out for you if we're going to do a pull list. Get a hold of them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You get a message them if you want to set up a pull pull list. They'll go ahead and do that for you, just like Chris has. That's right. So, um, secondly. Let's go with Lucky Lola. So Lucky Lola's has a couple of things that you might be using for your barbecue grill tomorrow for July 4th. You have the jalapeno sweet heat, which you use for toppings on stuff or dips. And Chris's favorite is... Fellas, it's the 4th of July. The founding fathers want you to rub your salmon. So get the salmon rub and rub your salmon for America tomorrow. America, salmon rub, do it. I can't look at you when we say that because I don't start laughing too much. So we're good now. Okay. So George teeth. Washington had wooden teeth rubbed a salmon. That's why it wooden teeth. That's right. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway. Uh, Abe Lincoln, really tall hat, rubbed a salmon. JFK rubbed a salmon, got shot in the head. I was going to say Abraham Lincoln. Rubbed the salmon, killed vampires. That's right. Threw horses <laughs> at other people. <laughs> Threw horses at people. That just that just came up recently. That's funny. Anyway, that's us being dumb. So, last but not least, our friends at Rockstar Tacos, Will and Rebecca, had a nice little vacation. Good for them. Uh, great for them. Good for them. Good being for shut them, down guys. for the weekend. Um, ruined my Friday plans. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you know. I But they deserve it. Hey. For sure. So go check them out uh, over on Shaw, over by if you Missouri, Missouri Botanical Gardens, uh, next to O'Connell's Pub, stuff like in that yep. area, near right near right off Forty Four, literally Forty Four and Kings Highway. Yep, and uh, you can get there and check out all their specials. Normally Tuesday through Saturday, they'll be reopening after the holiday here, so yep. and they'll be open again, doing their thing as always there. So uh, please check out Rockstar Tacos today, and also if you're at either the factory. Or St. Louis Music Park. Yep. They both have booths there, too. That's right. So either you go into any concerts this summer. Get your taco on. Yep, and check them out. And uh, I'm sure we'll see more and more stuff popping up real soon about Absolutely. Rebecca. So thanks for them for sponsoring the show once again. So a little bit longer one for us. Almost, uh, almost an hour here. But we got a lot to go over, obviously, due to everything. everything going on, slash computer issues, slash whatever issues. Oh, we forgot to mention one thing about the draft. Kudos for the Blues for being the only team not to get up there and be like, congratulations to Vegas. Congratulations to David Poyle. No, the Blues, none of that. Weren't having it. Everyone else was like just bowing at the feet of Poyle and the, and the Knights. Yeah. Vegas gets up there and was like, uh, yeah, here's who we're picking. Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. Every time. Every time. <laughs> All three picks, which is great. You figured, I'm like, okay, they didn't do it on the first one. Maybe they're saving it for the like, last one. Last one came nope. up. Nope. They just got up there and just said it and kept going. Fantastic. Um, yeah, that was the highlight for me because I just started laughing when that happened. So, yeah, good for the Blues for doing that. And they're just like, we're, in, we're up here, we're out. Uh, none of y'all thanked us. When, none of y'all congratulated us when we won. No. I so remember, I y'all that. can eat it. I remember watching the draft that year and you'd be like, why don't we thank us? You don't like us? Well, screw you guys. That's right. But uh, I did have my note that I skipped over when we were talking about this. This is the draft. I'll say one last thing before we get out of here. That Doug Armstrong did get a trade offer for the number 10 pick as they were getting up to leave. Really? And he said, I didn't have enough time to vet it. What was the, what was the offer? Never said, and he didn't oh. say, and it never leaked. So I'm very curious to see who was trying to trade up and if he would have traded down. I wonder if it was Philly offering him Sandheim. They said, like, Philly had another pick. Because Philly was apparently desperate to move that pick before July 1st. And they wanted to move up into the first round because they had two picks. So they were, they wonder if they were, I think they were like 19, I want to say. So yep. I wonder if they offered like the 19th. Because they took the Russian at yeah. seven. And then they wound up taking uh, Oliver Bonk yep. at 22 or something. It was 22. Yeah. So maybe they offered a 22nd in Sanheim for him. I don't know. I'm kind of interesting. But yeah. But the fact that he had to vet it makes me think that it, it had to be somebody new because you got somebody that he somebody yeah. he had discussions with in right. the past couple of days. Think Sanheim would have already been vetted. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting that they did that. So, uh, yeah, that's about it from us. So hopefully, if we have any kind of thing crazy pop up, oh, don't worry, uh, Tarasenko is going to sign a deal, and so will Sunquist, and Crude will be traded before you post this. Yeah, that's usually what happens. So that's why we did this. So that's why we wore the shirt. That's why we recorded. We'll do this. We'll have some other fun stuff coming up. Um, we'll have the one, the only, uh, we'll, I'm going to call him this, 
radio legend, Donnie Fandango, should be uh, joining us sometime in the near future because every time that he's there's something going we something going on. The first time we had something was like when I talked to him, like when mm. we were talking about your dad's thing, and uh, he's like. Oh, well, we're gonna get to it soon. I promise. I'm like, you have Point Fest this weekend. I mean, weekend. We're cool, right? And then next time we talked about it, I'm like, hey, don't you have the radiothon this week? He's like, yeah. I said, we'll talk in a week and a half, mm. and you get some rest. So, congrats on this radiothon as well. 90, half a million dollars in 13 years, and ninety three thousand dollars this year. Yeah. Insane. So, congrats to Donnie on his last ever radiothon. Uh, big props to him. Hopefully be on the show soon. And that's us rambling again. So we'll talk to you guys later. Rub yo salmon America. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life.